I'm Alex Mito. And I'm James Milley. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. Hello, business artists and art entrepreneurs. Welcome back to The Artist Business Plan. My name is Alex Mito. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair, which is the most widespread art fair primarily for artists in the United States. As you might know, we're also a business resource for all things art, artists, and marketing of art. And we're here today with the artist and illustrator, Alex Ekman-Lawn. Alex Ekman-Lawn is a Philadelphia-born illustrator who received his BFA in illustration from the University of the Arts. His work has appeared in comic books, on album covers, book covers, music videos, t-shirts, and gig posters. In addition, he spends his time creating multi-layered hand-cut paper collages, using everything from his original digital paintings to imagery from old medical texts. These works have most recently been on display at Scope Miami Beach, Art on Paper New York, and many, many more. They've also been featured in publications such as High Fructose, Juxtapose Magazine, and The Observer. Welcome to the show, Alex. Uh, Hey, Alex. It's really good to be here. By the way, just very surreal to hear my bio read out loud. (laughs) <laughs> I love that response. Actually, I interviewed a guest just prior to you and they had the same exact response. It's such a nice and inspiring feeling to hear your own bio read aloud. <laughs> yeah, in someone's voice besides my own. Yes, exactly. Before we get started, Alex, I want to ask you something. It's a bit of an icebreaker that we ask every guest to help our audience get to know the real you. What is the earliest memory that you have of art? And how did that inspire your life from then on? I'm a giant dork. And I remember the first art I really responded to was like comics and like video game art. And my parents, they like did a really good job of taking me to the museum, like at a young age. And I just like did not get it for years, which is now very frustrating to me. (laughs) I kind of wound back like at comics, you know, does that an answer to your question at all? (laughs) Yeah, no, it's amazing how, you know, you can have these different paths that bring you into art. And there's also this concept of like fine art, that it doesn't have to be that way. And your experience obviously proves that like you can create ultimately amazing fine art by coming into it through maybe an outside way. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Your work appears in a wide array of mediums. Can you tell us a bit about how you developed your work and your style over the years? Yeah. A lot of it was just sort of accidental, which is kind of like a a, sort of a running theme through my whole career. I try to leave myself open to sort of what's, what's sort of happening naturally which I think is actually a really good fit for collage in general, because you're, you know, you're sort of curating as well as making something. So you kind of have to be like aware of, oh, this looks good. Like maybe this looks better than what I was originally thinking. (laughs) That's definitely how I found my current process. You know, initially I just, I like drawing a lot. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I, (laughs) there were artists I really admired that used sort of more multimedia, I guess. Like, you know, Dave McKean was like a huge deal for me as a kid. And I was like afraid maybe even to like embrace that that kind of picture making. Like it felt, especially in art school, it felt like, I don't know, like cheating. Like everyone else is, is drawing something from scratch. Like do I, what makes me so special that I get to just like use a photo of something? But as I have sort of gone through my career, it just, it felt more and more natural. And I, I got more comfortable with, you know, it's okay to start with an image as long as you sort of make it your own which is a, a now a big, I'm realizing, I guess, a big part of what uh, motivates me to make pictures in general. Um, so it went from like drawing just basically on paper with ink to like moving into the computer to like letting there be a lot of collage elements to 
sort of digital painting plus this collage plus, and trying to do like uh, even like concept art I was interested in early on. I wanted to do maybe like comic book covers, like again, sort of a Dave McKean thing. And just by chance, like I, I met the writer that I actually still work with on comics now in a God, like a forum for some tiny comics publisher that I think has since folded. We put together this like super quick pitch in my like junior year of college. And I was thinking, you know, this is like a cool way to basically practice what working with like a person will be like. We met Mark Smiley at Arkea. Things sort of fit better than we expected it to. And he offered us a contract in the beginning of my senior year. And it just felt so silly to not <laughs> accept that. Even, even then, I remember like being so thrilled that I got to do, to like work, you know, to be an illustrator. Like still, when I think about it, like I kind of can't believe that happened. But I was uncomfortable with like, I didn't know how to make comics. You know, I learned while I was doing it. But this, I don't know, there's been all these like stages in my life and career where it's, I just have to like accept letting go of what I thought my plan was and let this be the thing that's happening. You know, just that being adaptable and letting the new style trickle in and kind of accept that letting go of your plan. Like obviously having a good plan. I mean, this is the artist business plan. We're talking about how to, at the same time, like not preventing things by creating these barriers because the barriers may just be in someone's own head. So there was something you said earlier, you know, you said it felt like cheating what you were doing compared to someone maybe painting an oil painting you know, not to drop in a, a random phrase here, but it kind of reminds me of like imposter syndrome when someone's like, why can I do this? I mean, what what right do I have? I still feel that like every day. <laughs> <laughs> it, maybe it's not defeating it then, but it's just confronting it and still doing the work anyway. That is the important part. So I used to be in this terrible band. The, the like guy who wrote the lyrics was really into working quotes from people he admired into our, our lyrics. And there's a Chuck Close saying, inspiration is for amateurs. On the one hand is like, of course, Chuck Close said that, like that dude just paints giant faces. Like he doesn't, I don't know if he's waiting for inspiration exactly, but I think it's like so 100% accurate or like correct, maybe not accurate, but it's like, yeah, you could sit around waiting for something to feel exactly right or to be like moved to make something. But like my job is to make pictures. So part of the deal is like you just, you make art and then <laughs> you can curate it later or whatever. And maybe it doesn't work out exactly right, but it's like, you don't sort of have the, the luxury of, of waiting. I don't know. Like, it just feels like there's a lot of ways to sort of self-sabotage or to like keep yourself from doing something. Yeah, absolutely. It reminds me also of the quote, more is lost by inaction than wrong action. So it's like, just get it, start moving and develop that economy of motion as you move forward and like some's going to be good some is not going to be good but at least you're moving and probably will be moving in an upward direction at some point yeah i guess yeah eventually hopefully can you tell us a little bit about how you got into some of the different and exciting realms that you do work in now like designing book covers and album art for metal bands and other bands out there it's easier when you sort of have any connection to like a scene and for me the bands i liked were in my mind a big deal but generally not so hard to approach, you know, <laughs> like they didn't have agents. A friend of mine was putting up this band and we were hanging out in his living room and I asked if they needed t-shirt designs. Like that was how I got the, my first sort of working with a, like a, you know, band gig. They need art, you know, <laughs> this, this is sort of the secret to illustration as a job is like people need art all the time. And a lot of times they're trying to find somebody who can make the thing they want. I, I just sort of just started asking bands. And when they're, like I said, like when they're at the level <laughs> that I'm talking about, like they are more approachable than you'd think 
transitioning to like bigger groups has actually just come from from getting to know people, which is like I know very frustrating advice to hear. <laughs> you know, when I was younger, it's like that that doesn't help until you know those people. But especially like bands, you just be involved, go see music, talk to the bands, get to know other people who are interested in this stuff. Yeah. And then book covers, man, I just, I got so lucky. You ever like listen to like an interview with an actor and they're like, well, I just like, I went out there and I did the work and I studied and I was like up on the stage for years. And eventually like that just paid off because I was so good at what I do. And it's like, no, man, like I'm sure you worked hard, but like you also just someone happened to be there on the right night. Like a huge part of this, unfortunately, is just like being as good as you can be all the time so that if you happen to line up on the right day with with whatever good luck <laughs> you run into that like you are as good as you can be on that day so i just like i happened to have work that someone at scholastic was like looking for right out of college and i know that's like i'm mad at myself hearing hearing me say that like i got a job right away doing a series of young adult books but i guess maybe it'll make me feel like or sound like less of an asshole if I say that I did not work again in book covers for like 10 years. <laughs> it it kind of reminds me, I mean, I keep going with the phrases, but kind of like you make your own luck, right? I like what you said about being the best you can be all of the time so that when the opportunity is there, you're ready to meet it and you're ready, you know, you are what they're looking for at that point. Right. So to an extent, yes, a lot of it is going to be luck, but also being the best you can be at that time is going to be the thing that cements it and gets you in that door. You know, you said people need art and that's a really good foundational belief to understand whether you're trying to sell art, you know, individually to collectors, which we'll talk about shortly, or whether you're, you know, trying to get your art on the cover of albums or in any other forum, there are organizations out there that need art and you can be the one that provides it to them. So just knowing that fact and then doing the work that Alex has done, like, you know, actually being engaged and involved in these scenes and meeting the people and recognizing there is going to be, you know, a path upward where you, you know, start with more accessible, in your case, music, but you know, whatever it may be, start with more accessible. And then as you start to prove that you can do that, you will get those bigger gigs that you want, basically. Yeah, I like that first t shirt, I got like 50 bucks, I think I want to say I even like split that with the guy who they were staying with as like, like a finder's fee. So I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of advice where it's like never lowball yourself. And I agree once you're you have your footing, but I think it's totally fine. You know, don't work for free, but everyone needs practice, right? I owe so much to just being like surrounding myself with other people who are trying to do something similar and who really cared about art a lot. It's just so much easier to to try, I guess, if nothing else. Like it was inspiring to be around people who I thought were making cool work. And we also like organizing something by yourself can be really hard. Uh, and even like going to shows alone is a bummer. <laughs> it just if you can find uh, like an art community to be a part of, I think that's like invaluable. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's under talked about that, you know, having that support group, for lack of a better word, that support group from the outset that inspires you and helps you get to those next steps is so, so important. It's not, you know, the lone wolf mentality. So through all these different things that you've done, you've created this kind of wonderfully wide and diverse market for your work and for your illustration and your fine art and all the different things. What role do you feel that diversifying your client audience, like for example, having direct buyers of your wall art versus album art for bands, what role do you think that plays in an artist's success? Yeah, I honestly do it 
because I have a lot of interests. Like that's kind of how this wound up happening. But it's also, I mean, I'm freelance, so I am <laughs> trying not to use the word desperate. I'm always open to a job. Kind of similar to like this, this comic thing is happening. Like who am I to say no to it? If someone wants me for a book cover, like hell yeah, like that's, that's awesome. If someone wants me to do a show, that's, you know, that's great. It's like, to me, they're, they're sort of all parts of this uh, fence I'm building. Is that an analogy? At times, I definitely can feel that they are not totally aligned. This first comic I made was like a, a horror book. So it was really dark. Now, you know, at, at this point, it fits sort of well with, with some of the work I, I'm doing, like with the cut paper stuff. But almost all the other comics I've made are like way, they skew way younger. So it's a little bit more like colorful and it's it's a lot more drawing. And so I have this like, am I allowed to show people that are into this one work, the other stuff? It's like I have two careers. I just love them both because they're both art. I don't know. I think a lot of people make the mistake of assuming you just have to be the best at one thing. One, I think people are interested in more than one thing. And, you you know, why deny that? <laughs> you know, I had a couple gallery shows canceled at the beginning of the, the pandemic, and it it was nice to have comics to fall back on. Sometimes one thing is going to work out when another one isn't. So absolutely. And I think like, I hear that from a lot of artists too, where, you know, they have this one thing that they do and they're like, should I even showcase the other thing I do? And I think it's so neat that you're like, you know, it can be like you have two careers, but they're both great. They're both around art, giving yourself the permission to do that and to not be like, no, I must be a specialist. I must be at the top of my game in one area. I mean, not only can it feed your creativity by being able to do different things, but also financially speaking, and when one thing does have a downturn, you have this other thing that you can, you know, for better or worse, rely on. And I think that's a really cool effect of it. So do you find that there's a difference between working with your clients on commercial projects like the book covers and album artwork versus selling your personal works? And do you find one of them more easier or more rewarding or less rewarding? Oh, man. This is like a real spicy one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can choose a favorite. It really depends on the client. Like I'm a trained illustrator. I dreamed of being one from a little kid. And it's like, maybe the most rewarding thing for me is to to finish a project. Like it's honestly kind of staggering when I make an image that just out of my head and somebody wants to own it. But I get a special kind of satisfaction from like like working with a band that I actually really like. And we are on the same page about the art. And it turns out well, and the album rules. And it's like, it just feels like you're really part of, it's like being in a band, right? And then the same thing for like uh, that Carmen Mikado book I did the cover for. Like, I love her writing. That book is incredible. She was sort of into what I what I make. Like she liked my work. She knew it and asked me to do something that I felt very sort of comfortable doing. So it was, that feels like magic to me. It's just cool to see my work in the wild. It's still like, knocks me on my ass to see a book like I designed on a shelf somewhere. I think that's so cool. And I think, you know, the way you put it is, is very, very good. They're just, they feel like they're different thrilled, right? Like one is collaborating. It's like the synergy and also that effect. And there's no shame in that, like actually getting out there on a broad scale and people being able to see what you do and how you communicate, like in this very public forum. But it's, you know, it's also really cool, like you said, to have somebody take something that came out of your head and put it on their wall and pay money for it. Both are really new experiences. So sticking in from that, if I were an illustrator out there, you know, maybe with the background of, you know, having gone to school for illustration or just I illustrate, what would you say are my first steps for maybe taking that illustration and turning it into an entrepreneurial career? 
if you're not in school, you just make art every day. Your job is just to find a way to enjoy working on making pictures, however that happens. Every, I still need to get better. I look at my work from like a week ago and I'm like, this is trash. I have to start over. And so like practice is never going to hurt you. And you want to be building a portfolio that you can then show people. <laughs> I'm sort of of two minds about sending out mailers because in some ways it's this kind of like antiquated thing where you're, you're <laughs> like physical mailers anyway. But I do think if you have any kind of a lead it's, it's maybe worth it. Like if you actually have somebody that you have maybe spoken to before, or you, you know, your friend can give you their address, but you know, it'll get to them because, you know, putting up the card at work is going to mean more to them than being like, Oh, right. I saw that website. It was cool. But generally I, I just think you make the, the best version of the work you're excited about. And then you make that available to be seen. Yeah, absolutely. So being ready for what you what might come across and then also putting your work out there where people can actually see it and come across it. Yeah, I know. I love that. And I love just the idea of just, you know, if you aren't in school and you're just, you're an illustrator or you're an artist, you know, practice, create more work, improve, and you can always improve. And that's something you could be doing at any point, really. So the depth in the collages creates this kind of portal effect. It draws the viewer in. What are a couple of ways that you've used Instagram and social media to showcase both that literal depth of your work and also the figurative depth and draw your audience into it. For me, I had to find a way to, to like make video or else like people still will, will tell me they didn't realize that my work was actually like three dimensional. And a part of that's my fault because I build in like Trump Lloyd shadows into my work just to make it extra confusing for everybody. But yeah, it's hard. I mean, like, <laughs> I really wish everyone could see it in person. Um, this year, I feel like in particular, it's been like, okay, I don't have that option at all. Like I really need to make sure that this is, uh, this is clear product photography. is basically a skill I had to learn in order to make my work look as good as I wanted it to. I do ridiculous things like set up plants in our house and like, this is going to sound insane, but there's like, my partner has a deer skull that I'll like balance things on. That isn't my whole brand as it were, but like, I think you should really try and make your work look nice. I try to photo or photograph it in sunlight, but I also like take a lot of time to edit the photos I take of my work. And this stuff is like, it's so exhausting to think about doing because it, it feels like it's this whole other job. You know, it, it would be great if you could just make the work and you didn't have to worry about like then photographing it and then sort of like adjusting the photographs to look the way you want it to and then promoting it and all this stuff. But if you just sort of make the decision to take it seriously and really try with that stuff, I, I like can almost guarantee it will help because I'm just on like some lizard brain level. People like looking at, <laughs> you, you can tell when someone is trying. And beyond that, like I just, uh, I try to take time and <laughs> answer people. I actually really like talking to people on the internet about my work. That makes me sound like a fucking egomaniac, but it's, it's <laughs> amazing that there are people that care about my art, have anything to say about it. Like this is not going to work for everybody. I know a whole lot of really successful people that don't answer any comments, but for me, it was, it was really nice. It, I don't know. It helps. And I like it. <laughs> it keeps me engaged. <laughs> Basically making yourself available to answer questions. Like if you have work that needs to be explained, explain it. You know, I am trying now to like teach myself to make process videos, which I am not good at. I, <laughs> Cause when I, when I'm working, I'm like, so I'm a maniac and like, I'm going through hundreds of photos and like trying things out. And it's like, not necessarily always going to be the most exciting thing to watch, but it, again, making the decision to take this seriously and like actually present that nicely is like my next goal and something that I think 
a lot of people have an easier time with and that people like seeing that. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. And I like that you kind of started it out with, you know, take it seriously and the analogy to like product shots at, for example, a restaurant. So that kind of hits for me because I, one of my other businesses is hospitality. And because of the pandemic, we've taken a lot of our, our sales online and that has made photos all the more important. So I'm constantly on my management's butts to really make sure that the photographers get the right photos, the right angles, the, the food looks great. It's so important. So taking that, you know, as an artist and thinking like, you know, can I show the people looking at my Instagram page or at my social media or whatever it is you're using that I really took the time and put the effort. Like you said, it's not easy. It, it does take time. But showing that goes so far to showing what your work really would look like in person or close enough to it, I guess. And the other point, and I'm actually looking at your Instagram page as we speak, and first of all, it looks great. But also, when you click on an image, you've responded to the comments. And honestly, Alex, you might be one of the very few people I've seen do that. And I think that's really cool. Well, maybe that's bad advice then. <laughs> no, no, I think it's good advice. And I, and I really do. And, I, and I've actually had people on this uh, podcast who've mentioned like, even if you have like a hundred Instagram followers and you get one comment, right? That person took some time to admire your work or admire your words or whatever it is you've put there. And just to acknowledge them, I mean, it's so vital and important, I think. I actually think it's great advice. So I, in like you said, it's something you enjoy that back and forth. So I think it's really cool. I, I did a paint guide takeover, man, in like March, which was like really intense because I basically was just freaking out every day. But posting image like paintings that I love and actually getting to like talk to people about paintings was like the best thing. Like that definitely my partner will tell you like saved my mental state for at least a few weeks. Why wouldn't you want to talk about art? <laughs> right. What was the takeover for Alex? I, I kind of missed that. Uh, paint guide. It's a Instagram account. But he does these paintings. He's like, you've probably seen them. They're, they're figurative paintings, like oil paintings of faces that are like pretty close to, you know, hyperrealism, but then there's like, he like obliterates the face, but it's just, uh, he invites artists to talk about, to like post work that they like and talk about it. And it's like, it's just a really cool way to see a bunch of things of art that's good and see like what influences artists that you like. Cool. Which is, you know, to me, whatever, that was a big deal to me because I am like an, a sort of an art history dork anyway. And I admire this account and blah, blah, blah. And I guess since we're talking about this anyway, Doing things like that is a really good way to reach more people. If you have very few followers and just starting out, it's basically the same as getting involved in a community in the real world. It's like if you can do any kind of interactive thing with uh, like another account, it's it's it only helps both of you. Yeah, for artists who are listening there and maybe you missed the name, it's called Paint Guide on Instagram, and Alex had done in a takeover of their account last year. And it's super cool. And I like that, you, you know, that what you mentioned, Alex, that's a way that you can kind of reach a broader audience, but also really enjoy doing it. And that's not just this task or chore you have to do. Like you said, you're talking about art. So to be able to, you know, maybe reach out to an Instagram account or a publication that has like a greater reach than you, but, you know, circles around the same things that you like, it's a really fun way and an efficient way, I imagine, to build a broader audience. There are a lot of accounts that just post a certain kind of work. There are a bunch that are, you know, super cheesy. There's a lot of collage ones that I like secretly hate, but there's, there's like really great ones too. And so you can, it, they are looking for things to post. So it, it's similar to like how everybody needs art. It's like not weird to reach out and be like, Hey, I love what you're doing, or I really like the work you're posting. And if there's any, you know, if you feel like there's any chance that it's not weird, 
you can say like, I would love to share my work or whatever with you. Just don't get mad if, if they say no. Yeah, I think that's great advice too. Don't get mad if they say no. Remember, they're looking for content too. So there's no harm in asking. What is the top word of advice that you have for an artist out there who is making art their life and their business practice? Work every day. Like you should like this. So, you know, you should want to make pictures every day. Don't be afraid of having another job that's not shameful in any way. It's like the way most sane people do this to start out and is the only way that for a lot of us it's possible, you know, like I feel, you know, established in that I am living off my art, but I also like have no health insurance and I'm terrified every day. So man, try to love this thing that you do. Like, like I feel so lucky that I get to make pictures all day. It is hard sometimes and uh, you know, for a litany of reasons, but like, if you like what you're doing, you're going to make better work and you're going to be like invested and find the right people and blah, blah, blah. I don't know if that's like just blowing sunshine up your butts, but I think it's really important to keep like focused on how, how sick it is that art is a job and you maybe get to do it. <laughs> I think that's great advice. And I mean, just to recap, don't be afraid to have another job when you start out. I think that's an amazing word of advice because people get that again, imposter syndrome. Like it's great to have that, you know, to back that you can rely on while you're building your career. And then also just loving what you do and feeling lucky every day that you get to do it. Because again, if you like what you're doing, you're going to make better work. And I, I mean, I totally agree with you there, Alex. I think that's fantastic words of wisdom for the artist listening. To all of you out there who listen with us today, Alex has been giving us amazing advice and perspective, and you're going to want to go back and take notes. If you do want to connect with Alex and his incredible art, and you should, uh, you should follow him at Alex Ekman Lawn on Instagram or visit www.alexekmanlawn.com. That will be on the show notes. As always, remember that we're Super Fine Art Fair on Instagram. If you want to give us a quick hello or learn more about how to apply for and exhibit at one of our fairs around the U.S., just drop us a line at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world. As always, I would like to end the class by sharing a quick and relevant quote with you all. And today the quote is, I learned that we can do anything, but we can't do everything, at least not at the same time. So think of your priorities, not in terms of what activities you do, but when you do them. Timing is everything. And that is Dan Millman. Alex, it has been such a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you for joining us on the Artist Business Plan. Yeah, thank you. I hope anything I said was helpful. Yeah, I think it was all helpful. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Everyone else have an amazing rest of your day. Remember to stay on top of your artist business plan. Get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this in all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so just follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Just shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world.